Father, in the name of Jesus, we just come before you this morning. We thank you. We reverence you for who you are. For your presence in our lives, your presence in this place. For what it is that you're doing, Lord, as we move ourselves out of the way and we yield ourselves unto you, we invite you to move according to your perfect will in our lives, God. Speak to us. Lord, as we arrest the flesh, as we, we bring it under subjection, we hear what you're saying unto us, your church. Lord, we want you to be glorified in our living. We want you to be glorified in everything that we do, Lord. So, so we need your help. We need your, your guidance. We need your strength. Because of ourselves, Father, we know we fail. We fall short, Lord, and we're not capable of bringing glory to your name. So we lean and rest upon and rely upon you, Lord, to order our steps and to direct our courses. Bless us according to your divine will. Help us, Lord, to see this world through your eyes. Help us to see our, our lives through your eyes, our choices through your eyes. And Lord, as you instruct us, help us to hear the instruction. That we may walk according to it and magnify you. We thank you, Lord, for everyone that's here this morning. We're here according to your plan, not our own. To have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Be seated. Amen. Amen. As Pastor Linda was exhorting us this morning. I just thank God for uh, His Spirit moving in the house. Even as we were worshiping and just, just seeing the Lord holding us in a place there for a moment, amen, more than a moment, but He just wanted us in a place, amen, even as, as Minister Teasley operating in His prophetic gifting came and, and spoke the words in my head. So sometimes we we have a hard time worshiping because, you know, of where we are or what we feel or what we see, but to remind us that it could be worse. It could be worse. Things could always be worse. So know how, knowing how to praise Him right where we are. Sometimes that's a challenge. And then this pastor came, you know, and she said the exact same words. It could be worse. The Lord's trying to tell us something. To learn to appreciate you know, what we have and where we are in the now. I'm reminded of, I believe it was Paul that said, I've learned that whatsoever thing I am, therewith to be content. You know, sometimes the Lord can't move us from where we are because we haven't learned to be content yet. Uh, content, being content is one thing, being satisfied is another. I'm content with where God is. I thank God. I'm not complaining about where we are, but I know that God has more for each and every one of us. Hallelujah. But first we need to learn to appreciate what he's given us thus far. It's kind of like, you know, sometimes our children, they don't appreciate what they have. They complain and they complain, but the kids down the people love to have what they have. Yeah. You know, they, they would love to, you know, let me, let me have it. You know, but, but we got it and we don't even appreciate, you know, our struggle. Often I was sharing with the men here on last Saturday. Sometimes, you know, we if we can take all the problems in this room and mix them up and just pull them out, 
you know, and you pull them out the hat, you'd be looking for yours shortly. Who got mine? I want mine back. You know, because your problems and your situation is suited for you, not for everybody else. And sometimes we're going through things, amen, that other, others wouldn't even want to imagine. They, they didn't appreciate where they are right now. Amen. It's really learning that, you know, things could be worse. Amen. And some of them could even sit back and think about when they were worse. So don't let the now, don't let the distraction of now cause us to stop us from moving into the future, the later, what God has for us. You know, even as we were talking and talking and saying, you know, sometimes those things that the enemy wants to use to launch issues into our future, into generations, I say we got to kill it on the path. Don't even let it launch. Uh, don't, don't let it go any further. And the key to that, as she was saying, is to forgive, release, to let it go. To recognize the devices of the enemy. And so I'm going to go ahead and release our children to their classes, and then we're going to continue our message that we started a couple weeks ago. Last Sunday was awesome. This Sunday is awesome. God is awesome. Allowing God to be God. 
and uh, we'll see more and more of God. And, and it's not just here in this place, but in our homes or wherever we are. We just yield ourselves, submit ourselves to God. Amen. He wants to manifest himself. Amen. He wants to be seen in our lives and to be able to move freely in the services or wherever, wherever the people of God are. You know, where we are, amen, where we lift him up, amen, he wants to dwell in the midst of praise. Do you not know your life can praise God? Amen. It's just in your, your, how we carry ourselves and go forward. And he shows up. And he has, has his way. You know, but the week prior, amen, we began to deal with, you know, God's recovery. And the, the, the title of the message, amen, was from discovery to recovery. And we're going to, you know, continue part two on that today because we just couldn't finish it up. I don't even know if we can finish today. I'm, I'm, I'm a hope so. But, you know, it's all up to God. You know, but in order for us to get to where God wants us to be, you know, one thing we got to know how to do is to, to eliminate the old things that don't really line up. Amen. Recognize the things that have gotten us off track as, as, a, as a, a church. And I'm not talking about living faith alone. I'm talking about the body of Christ. Amen. The church at large. And as we begin to recognize those things and, and be able to bring them back into order. So before I can go dig, I just got to go back a little bit and recap some. Is that all right? It's been a couple weeks, and then I know, you know, you let the kids out of school, and then they got to recap before they can move forward. Adults, they man, our attention span can be even less sometimes. But just to recap a little bit of, of the foundation that we laid even on last week, I mean, the week before. Because God, last week, God was still saying, will you come? He wants us to come to him. And trust in him. But, you know, some of the things that we talked about, amen, we, we talked about the discovery, amen, just finding where the body of Christ at large has been stuck. Amen. And we made this, we, we've made as a body, as a church, we've made discoveries and, and we, we've received revelations throughout the years. And God has shown himself in this area, that area, and the church has, has stopped there and, and made denominations rather than continue to move and build upon those discoveries and those revelations to come to the fullness, amen. We, we kind of stopped in those spots and we, we began to create actions and different divisions of the church, amen. And we began to disqualify one another because they didn't have the revelation that you have rather than coming together so that we can build thereupon. We, we allowed those things to, to divide us. And one of the other things we looked at is, you know, those things that the very thing that the Lord has given us those those revelations, like Azusa and different things. We, we've allowed those to be used by the enemy because of the vulnerability of our own hearts. Amen. To divide us much as, you know, the Lord divided the people in the 11th chapter of Genesis at the Tower of Babel when, you know, they worked together. They could do anything. Just imagine if the church at large was working together. What nation wouldn't be saved? If we was all to come together and really work like God wants us to but, but when we can be divided, the enemy can conquer us. So the enemy has been able to use our ambitions and our hearts, amen, and all those things to, to use those very things to divide us. And just as they were scattered in Genesis, the church has been scattered and has become ineffective and been able to work wholeheartedly as one. 
You know, so we got to recognize that. You know, I mean, when you talk to different ones, they, they may not want to hear that, but that's, you know, when we look across the board, it is so true that if we can lay down this and lay down that and come together, imagine America could be saved. World If 12 men could change the then-known world, how much more? Amen. If, if the body of Christ overall came together. Amen. Well, we begin to judge one another because we didn't agree with this and we don't understand that. And just because we didn't understand it didn't make it true. Or not true. You know, so we judge each other and we disqualified each other and we, we took away people's salvation because they didn't, you know, believe like we did or move like we did. Amen. And these things have come in to destroy us. Amen. And scatter us. Remember, amen, it's not, and again, as I said before, I'm not here to criticize the church, but we need to, we need to take a, a critical look. We need to take a close look, honestly, at the things that have destroyed. I mean, these very things I'm talking about sometimes, just even in our own families, we get scattered because we can't talk the same language. But when people agree, when people come together, and we get ourselves out of the way and let the Holy Spirit have its way, the power that manifests itself is amazing. Amen. When we begin to see those things. So we need to take a critical look, amen, at the body and where it is now, how it affects us, how it applies to you and I today. Amen. Even our mindsets when we look at other Christians that go and serve in other denominations and other places, where is our mind and our hearts? Amen. And we looked at 2 Timothy, and I just want to rehearse that with us, amen. 2 Timothy, if you go there with me. The third chapter. And it gives us a snapshot of the condition of the world as it is now, the world that we live in, amen. I was predicted, and here we are, amen, living in those very times. He says this, starting at the first verse in 2 Timothy, the third chapter. This know also in the, in the last days, perilous times shall come. Just tell somebody, there you go. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinence, amen, meaning they lack self-control, amen, fearers, despisers, of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness and denying the power thereof, and it says, from such turn away. Wow. You see, so it, it talks about the condition of the world in which we live, amen, and we can look around and all those things are evident in the world today. So that's where we are, amen. But now we want to look at some of the elements, some of the things of what this recovery should look like. We, we see what the discovery without recovery is failure to progress. We resist the things of God when we don't yield to the things of God. When we don't continue to let him lead us and guide us as he desires to lead us and guide us. Well, so we want to take begin to look at what, what is God's recovery really supposed to be. Amen. And remember, to recover means that we must have been there one time. 
Amen. All right. So, so when they when you have an operation and they take you to recovery, you want to get you back to what full strength. Yeah. Amen. And God wants to get His people, His church, His design back to His His original plan. Amen. He wants to recover. Amen. Mankind. Amen. To the original plan. And I'm, with, with the help of the Holy Ghost, Amen. This morning we gonna really begin to see what that plan was supposed to be. I know we've talked about it in times past, but this morning I just want to dig just a little bit deeper. Is that all right? Yeah. We want to get back to the, 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 the foundation. Amen. And so, so we're going to pull out some foundational and core principles, amen, as we begin to look at the next passage of Scripture. And it, it may seem like, well, this passage doesn't really line up with what you're talking about and where you're going. But some of the principles I want us to see, amen, and I, I, I'm, I'm believing that as I dissect this passage, amen, and get the principles out of it, you'll begin to see what we're talking about. So turn with me to Matthew, the 19th chapter, if you will. And we'll begin to see, amen, how this recovery has to take place. But in Matthew 19, Start at the first verse. It says this, And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these sayings, he departed from Galilee and came into the coast of Judea beyond Jordan. And great multitudes followed him, and he healed them there. Wow. That's it. He wants to heal it. He wants to get it right. But then look what happened. See, after, after they follow him and Jesus is healing, he's, he's trying to restore people even in their physical condition. But the Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him. They tempted him. Trying to get him to stop. Trying, trying, to, trying to find fault. How many times people trying to find fault in the church? Or let me say it like this. Trying to find fault in other churches. So they came to him, tempting him, and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for any cause? In fact, David, this is talking about marriage, this is talking about recovery. So it may not seem like it's going to work, right? Watch it. And he answered and said unto them, Have ye not read? That he which made them at the beginning, say at the beginning, at the beginning, made them male and female, and said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and they plain shall be one flesh. Wherefore they are no more plain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. Y'all still with me? All right. They said unto him, Why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement and to put her away? And he said unto them, Because of Moses, excuse me, Moses, because of the what? Hardness of your hearts suffered you to put away your wives. But, 
from the beginning, say the beginning, beginning. it was not so. Amen. Those verses are specifically focusing on marriage, but I'm going to show you something. And I'm, I'm hoping we get it. Because marriage is God's institution. God's way of doing things. But not only is it God's institution and God's way of doing things, but those of us who know the book of Genesis, we know it talks about the creation of the heavens and the earth and the sixth day, the creation of man. And, you know, I don't have time to go there and read through all that. But after he created man and he had Adam to name all the animals, the very first thing that he did for man was give him a wife. So the very first institution on earth that God established was man. Very first thing. And from that, everything else would have to come forth. From that foundational institution, Adam was, was, was not complete without his wife at that point. He said, it's not good for man to be alone because he couldn't do what God wanted him to do at that point, being alone. So he had to establish his way of doing things, his institution. So in verse number three, we see the Pharisees come to challenge him. They come to challenge God's way. And, and what, do they, what do they use to challenge God's way? Their law. Because they challenge him and say, well, is it lawful or is it legal for a man to put away his wife? Now, I'm not here to beat nobody up this morning, so relax. I know that, you know, many of us in here have been through divorce and remarriage and so forth. And I'm not here to beat nobody up. That's not even, I'm, you know, that's not the focus this morning. Divorce is not the unforgivable, unpardonable sin. Amen? So relax. I'm not here to sing the gap. I'm talking about something entirely different. But this is the foundation of what God desires to do, amen, in his kingdom. As he established his way. And we're going to dig into this a little bit deeper. You know, but I, I want you to relax. I don't want to lose nobody because now you think about, oh, I did this and he's reading that. No, I wouldn't do this. And no, no, no. So just take a moment exhale. Tell somebody, everybody next to you, but we don't know who it might be hidden, but think it's going to be okay. God still loves you. You're still saved. Relax. Now, I want, if you, if you bear with me for a second, I want to get another passage because I like the way that it, it speaks to this in the message. So let me let me pull up the message. Mm. Uh, I meant to drop that in my outline here, but I didn't. Ooh, glory. Is it warm in here? Is it just me? It is warm. Mm-hmm. But I'll be all right. Hallelujah, Lord. 
So as we as we look at this, I really want us to have an open heart and an open mind here. Because like I said, they began to deal with him, but they brought him the law of Moses. You know, so we're looking at the law versus the original plan of God. What God had established. Amen. But God, he made it very clear to them, he made it very plain to them that from the beginning, he who made them, is that what it says? Are y'all talking to me today? Yeah. <laughs> I'm still trying to get my Now look how it reads in the message Bible. See, when Jesus completed these teachings, he left Galilee and crossed the region to Judea on the other side of Jordan. Great crowds followed him there, and he healed them. One day the Pharisees were badgering him. Is it legal for a man to divorce his wife for any reason? He answered, haven't you read in your Bible that the Creator originally made man and woman for each other, male and female, and because of this, a man leaves his father and mother and is firmly bound to his wife, becoming one flesh, no longer two bodies, but one, because God created this organic union of two sexes. No one should desecrate his art by cutting them apart. You become one to cutting them apart. Then look what happened. They shot back in rebuttal. If that's so, why did Moses give instructions for divorce papers and divorce procedures? Jesus answered, Moses provided for divorce as a concession to your hard-heartedness. And what is hard-heartedness? That, that, that results in a, the lack of what Pastor Lewis was talking about this morning, forgiveness. Hard hearts don't forgive. But it is not part of God's original plan. Say God's original plan. God's original plan. Then he says, I'm holding you to the original plan. I'm holding you liable for adultery if you divorce your faithful wife and then marry someone else. I make an exception in cases where the spouse has committed adultery. Don't get that mixed up. I can't hold you responsible 
for the adultery of the adultery already took place. That's what he's saying. He's still not sanctioning divorce in that. So, where do we go? What do we do with this information? God's foundation, God's God's will concerning his institution. And how does that apply to us today? Well, I want us to look at some principles in this recovery. And as we dig into it, we're going to begin to see how much this foundation of God's ways applies to everything else that we do. And what the instruction, the response that Jesus gave them, letting them know that you have to go back to the original plan. You have to go back to what God said and God's design and not our own way. Amen. You know, because the, the Lord is only going to stand with what he established. He's only going to back up his way of doing things. So man can come up with all kind of ideas and all kind of ways and all kind of agreement, but the only thing God's going to stand with is what he said. And he ordained. I don't care how many people come along and say, this is how we want to do it, or this is how we feel about it, or this is what we think. I don't care how many laws we pass, amen, because they brought him the law, but he's letting them know that law don't work. What did the Creator say? What is God's plan? And we know God's plan, amen, is bigger than our plan. Amen. But see, we have a way of, of, of allowing ourselves to get outside of God's will, amen, because we see another way. We want to do it another way. But he's letting us know, no, we need to be careful to, to follow God's intention if we want to see recovery take place in the, in the church. If we want to see the, the, the strength and the power that he wants us to operate in, we've got to pay attention to what God said and how God wants to function and how God wants to operate. Amen. We can't get caught up, amen, in, in the who's who, you know, and, and the, the big eyes and the big, you know, used and all these things, we have to get to a place to say, okay, we're humble and we want to follow what the Word of God says. Amen? amen. So, as we begin to look at this, amen, what did God say? And turn over to Proverbs, the third chapter with me. We can't just do it our own way. The man is doing a lot of things their own way. Many of us like to do things our own way. Isn't that right? But Proverbs 3rd chapter, start to verse number 1, says this. My son, forget not my law. Right, he's talking about his ways, not ours. But let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall be added, shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the tablet of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. He said, if you just bind my ways and follow my ways and my commandments, amen, you'll find good understanding and favor in the sight of God and man. But you got to do it my way, not your way. You see, even though people don't agree, just keep doing it God's way. Just keep following him. Then you'll find that favor and that good understanding. But then he goes on to say, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, all thine heart, and lean not to your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. So he's telling us the only way we're going to get there 
the only way recovery is going to take place in our lives, in our nation, in the church, is if we do it God's way. Amen. If we follow his ways, he said, be not wise in thine own eyes, fear God, and depart from evil. If it goes against what God says, it's evil. Hmm. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Oh, you might not agree with that, but he said, fear the Lord, and depart from evil. But we can't lean on our own understanding. We can't say, well, we think it works better this way or that way. No. God has an original plan. Amen. We, we're still getting to, you know, really dissecting that plan that I'm, I'm, I'm building here. Let's go back to Genesis now. Genesis 1 and 28. Let's go to work. Genesis 1 28. He said, and God blessed them. Wow. This is right after he created man. He created man. And then he says, and God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. That verse is a master key in understanding God's original plan. Anybody understand what a master key is? I got a master key on, on my, my key chain. I can open every door in this church with one key. Master key. But many of our department heads only have single door key. They can open one door. It's kind of like the church. We got one revelation. We got one understanding. We got one discovery. And you only open one door. But if we get a master key, you can open up all the things of God. You can open up all the revelations. So this master key, this scripture, as I'm going over it now, I'm looking at it, that, that is a master key right there. Going all the way back to the origin of man, the first thing after he created Adam and Eve, he gave us a snapshot. He gave us a blueprint, if you will, of his plan. Something we could build on, something we could always go back to he wasn't, you know, trying to figure it out. Remember, at this stage, now this is important. At this stage, man didn't need to get saved. There was no sin. At this point, there was no unrighteousness, nothing to overcome. You know, it wasn't about self. There was no division. At this point, he said, I, I got man there. They are created perfectly yes. in my image. Yes. Right now. Because he said, let us create you. Back up a couple of verses. He said, let us create man in our image after our likeness. So he's talking to Adam and Eve in that image, in his image, in his likeness, just like he wanted them to be. Yes. And in that state, he gave them the blueprint to follow. In that state, amen, he established the union between man and and woman for the building and the completing of his plan. Follow me. In that state. Say we ain't in that state no more. Something happened. But in that state he gave them the master key amen for what his intention was for planet earth. And I was like wow. I understand that. I see that. You know this is what God wants Amen. In that framework, amen, he gave them, look at this, five specific things 
to do. Hmm. Five, specific things to do in that verse, amen, to build like he wanted the world to be built, to be framed. And oftentimes we read that verse and we only see have babies. Amen? And dominate. But that, 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 that verse has a whole lot more going on than having babies and being walking in dominion. Hold up more. It established God's plan from the very beginning. So we, we want to just dissect that verse a little bit, can we? Amen. Just take a moment. But he gave them, look what it says. I'm going to read it again. Amen. First thing he did, and I love this. I'm going to be dealing with this here in the, in the near future when I return. Amen. He said, God blessed them. First thing, I'll forget. They had the blessing of God. Hmm. Upon their lives. Yeah. That meant whatever they did was going to prosper. Yeah. Whatever they did, amen, was going to glorify him. Because they had they, they had the blessing of God and they were absent of sin. Yeah. There was no, no selfishness in them. Right. They walked with God daily in the garden. So I'm like, wow. But he said, he blessed them and he said unto them. Be fruitful, first thing. And multiply, second thing. Replenish the earth, third thing. And subdue it, fourth thing. And have dominion over, the fifth thing. Each one of those things is important. But God don't want us, and we really can't do those things walking in sin. Walking in self. Because it skews everything. It throws everything off. So we begin to look at that key, this key verse, amen. And the first one is to be fruitful. Amen. And see, now, now being fruitful is not talking about multiplying. Because we can look around, amen. Single people can be fruitful. So he created them in his image. And now he said, now I, I want you to produce something. I want you to be fruit, have a fruitful life. How many of us have ever, ever seen, I'm saying this on purpose, ever seen a fruit tree? That fruit tree didn't just start spitting out apples or oranges. It had to grow. It had to produce some branches. It had to produce something in order for it to bring forth the seed that it was supposed to bring forth. In order to have something hanging on it, amen, it first had to grow. And see, and now, now we, we want to we wanna just, you know, many of us, amen, I know I think about me and Pastor Linda when we got married. Before we got married, amen, you know, we, we decided we was going to be fruitful. But no, we weren't being fruitful. We were just multiplying. And we start multiplying before there was any fruitfulness in our lives. Well, I'm just talking about us. Amen. Maybe the rest of y'all did this right. Okay. But because of our desire, amen, to, to you know, come together and, and, and love one another, amen, we began to multiply before we had fruit in our lives, amen, to sustain what we were multiplying. Come on, Pastor. 
I have no proof. Huh? Still living at home. I, my life wasn't producing nothing. Next thing I know, the net's on the way. Did he say that? <laughs> you know, but I, my life wasn't fruitful. Yeah, I had a little job, I had a little, you know, a couple cars, but you know, I, that, that wasn't fruitful enough to raise no family. I wasn't around 18 years old, stupid. You know, and, 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 and I ain't got no fruit in my life. I'm not producing nothing that says I'm ready to multiply. But we jump out there and we start multiplying. And we got no fruitfulness. I, I, I'm, talk, I'm trying to help us this morning. See, so the first thing he told him is, you need to have a fruitful life. You need to be ready to produce something before you start multiplying. Knocking on some doors this morning. Huh? Talk to these young girls and talk, you know, what, what do you got? He ain't even got a car. You got to pick him up. <laughs> Hello. Be fruitful. Have a fruitful life. Have a fruitful heart. Have fruitful understanding. You know, let, let something be produced in you before you start multiplying you. Come on see, 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 this is what he's talking about when he said be, be fruitful. Amen. And look at that, amen. Yielding, amen, to true goodness. To become productive. Amen. If I can use that word. Amen. See, if you got a productive life, amen, now you got something worth multiplying. Come on, Pastor David. But we done multiplied all over the place. We can't on, produce man. a thing. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> so, but we're going back to God's work now. Okay. God's work. No. And then the second thing he told him is to multiply. Now it's time to increase in number, to breathe, to propagate, to spread. Huh? Because now you've been fruitful, now you can begin to multiply. Because now you're able to sustain what you're multiplying, your multiplication, because and see, and, and, and we can apply this in so many ways, but God has an order. And, and he desires to walk according to his order. Amen. If we get these things in alignment, they may say, I just want to be. I just want to have Okay. What you going to give them? Are you prepared for them? Are you ready for them? You know, I ain't thinking on nobody. I'm just, I'm just saying, okay? I, I tell you, I, I, I was there. Amen. Now I got to play catch up. You know, I'm trying to, well, I, I got a daughter. And I might have some more on the way. I, I got to, you know. Uh-oh. Getting married, didn't own a suit, didn't have nothing. Uh-huh. Ill equipped. Because I didn't understand what God's God's plan. So before we start spreading, before we start multiplying, we gotta have some proof. Amen. God's plan, God's order. See, see, that's why he put everything together. Because see, see, out of that will come life. It will come something that produces. Amen. Then, then, then he says the third thing he tells them is to replenish. Now, now notice this: to replenish, not to replenish, huh? To replenish. Now, now think about what God was doing with Adam and Eve. 
for a moment. He created the garden. I mean, he, he created a garden, the Bible says, in the eastward part of Eden. And he took the man and the woman that he created and he put them in the garden. And what was he right? Why didn't he just leave them out there wherever they was? Because he created an environment. He created a fruitful, flourishing, plentiful environment. And then he took them and he put them there. And he, he told them, I just want you to keep the garden. Yeah. I'll go somewhere. Listen. He began to show them how he wanted things to be. Yeah. Look around. And so now, when you become fruitful and you're multiplying, I want you to go and replenish the earth like this. I want this to be the model that you operate from. I don't want you out there in the desert trying to replenish it. No, replenish. I mean, bring life, bring productivity, bring these things wherever you are, child of God. Huh? Amen. To fill the earth like this. But it starts with you on the inside. Because if it's not in you, you can't produce it. Can't bring it. So you know, I, I feel like you know, and I've talked about this before. See, see, the devil came into the garden, Amen. Just what we were talking about earlier to to subvert God's plan. Why? Why do we think that you know God was coming down? He was spending time with Adam and Eve every day. He would walk with Adam in the cool of the evening. And somewhere along the line, the enemy slipped in and began to talk to Eve, Amen. And ultimately, got them both to trip up. But I believe that in this time, God was walking with him. He wasn't talking with him. He wasn't just saying, how's the weapon? No, no, I mean, God was, God was instructing him and, and, and equipping him and preparing him, amen, before he allowed him to approach the tree of life, which was also in the garden. But the enemy got to approach the tree too soon. Subverting God's plan. Now he thought he had it all, understood it all, you know, and they stepped outside of God's plan. Everybody said, Don't touch that yet. You're not ready for that yet. Some things we ain't ready for. Don't, don't touch that. But see, y'all remember the other tree was in the garden? In the very same garden? I'm not saying the tree of life right now. I'm in the tree of knowledge and good and evil. But also, was the tree of life in that garden? Yeah. Now see, they, they went and they, they approached. You know, the, the, the wrong tree. They begin to eat of this tree and make you wise. And see, so they got too much knowledge too fast. <laughs> you ever see anybody get too much knowledge too fast? Uh, they don't know what to do with it. They don't know how to handle it. You know, so in order to keep them from going in that sinful state now to the next tree, the tree of life, that's when he had to put the angels in the chariots around it with the flaming sword so they couldn't touch it. Now I gotta put you out the garden. Now I gotta, you know, launch a whole plan, amen, to bring recovery back to the church. Recovery back to my people because sin has got you out of alignment now. It's got you out of order now. So anything that you multiply, anything that you produce is not gonna be sinless. It's not going to be as fruitful. It's not going to be what I designed it to be because now you've got that corruption down on the inside, which is sin. Come on, Pastor David. So he's trying to get us back to this state that now we can reproduce 
him. He's trying to get us back in that state that we are in his image and after his likeness, not our likeness, not the likeness of man, not the image of man, not the image of the world, not the image of the devil, amen, but back into his image, amen, so what we produce, amen, is going to reproduce him. That's what he desires from the very beginning. Because I want to, I want to fill the earth with little Jesuses. I want to, if, if I can say it like that. I, I, I want to fill the earth, amen, with my sons and daughters that think like me, act like me, love like me, forgive like me. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. There's no sin in the world. There's no need for forgiveness, right? That's it. Okay. So imagine what God is trying to make happen here for each one of us. That's just mine. Just to get us back into this condition. You know, and then after he told them those three things, Amen. Remember, they were still sitting. They were still. They were still in his image. Amen. Wow. I almost say man was perfect at that point. Hallelujah. But then he said he told him not to, to subdue it. In other words, conquer. Now this is where it gets tricky. He said subdue it. I mean, and it means to conquer, to bring under subjection, to bring under control, to exert. Through the exertion of will, of your will, subdue it. Now, why would they have to subdue the earth? Why would they have to take it under control if they were the first one? Let me let you in on a little secret. This is not a secret at all. They weren't the first ones here. See, we read the scripture and we think that Satan wasn't passed out to the book of Isaiah. He had already been cast down at this stage. Why do you think he creeped up in the garden? He was already on the table. God didn't create man and woman and didn't bring the devil. He was already on the scene. He already like, snuck up in there, that little sly snake. <laughs> Slipped up in there, amen. And see, so what the thing was, he was telling her, I want you to to, to subdue this. Oh, that's a whole other teaching. I can't even go down there. But he said, I want you to subdue this. And then the, the, the fifth thing he told him is have dominion over it. Dominion, not just the animals. I mean, he talks about the animals, but it's also when we are already in a sinless state, walking in a spiritual state with God, amen, that meant you would also have spiritual authority over the earth. And the enemy knew that. So in order to stop all that, he had to get us out of our spiritual condition with God, amen, by causing them to stumble and be disobedient to God, therefore taking them out of their spiritual condition and allowing him now to become the prince of the power of the air. He had a plan to subvert God's plan. But God got a plan to get us back restored and recovered. So that now we can put his under our feet like it was intended from the very beginning. Hallelujah. But see, if we don't see the big picture, we think we're just struggling with a light bill. Oh, 
but there's a whole lot more going on than a light bill and a headache. There's a whole lot more going on that God wants us to be step, able to step back and see and say, you know what, these things, it could be worse, but God has called me to a higher purpose, amen, to live in a way, amen, that now I can begin to dominate my region and my area. I can dominate on my job. I can subdue the adversary in my little portion, amen, and the more of God's people who grab hold of that understanding, amen, now the dominion, amen, and the, it, it, it begins to spread and, and the works of the enemy is pushed out of the region. Why? Because people are understanding who they are. Why we're here, but if we can't overcome it in our own self, we are going to really continue to be ineffective. I'll use that word if it doesn't seem too bad. Ineffective for the things of God. And God wants us to be effective. God wants us to be powerful. Amen. So he told me, man, and you know, that, that fifth one, amen, to have supreme authority. That's what dominion means, supreme authority. Amen. The absolute ownership, sovereignty, have lordship, politically exercise your authority in the earth. That's where God wants us. But see, we can't do it if we're not recovering. If we're still struggling with all the things that the adversary is throwing at us, and he can keep us distracted with the two things. I'm convinced that God knows what he's doing. Amen. Anybody with me? Amen. I'm thoroughly convinced that he knows what he's doing. And I am fully willing to participate with what he's doing. Because I don't know how it's all going to work out. I don't know, amen, but I know that if I just follow him, remember, lean not to the own understanding. Some things in that God has told me in times past, and I'm sure he'll tell me in, in, in future coming times, some things I don't, I don't understand. Some things I have not understood how it's going to work. But if I, but because I've yielded to him, it's worked out, I'm like, wow. So he keeps proving himself over and over again. And as you and I, amen, just trust him even when it seems crazy, amen, when it just seems like, oh, I don't know about that, just trust him, just believe him, get back to his plan, get back to his way of doing things, and watch what he does. Come on, Pastor David. See, now someone say, well, Pastor David, what's the, all that's got to do with the marriage thing? I'm not done yet. Come on. Okay? Because if... He established that as the foundation, as the first institution. Every other institution was going to come out of that untainted union. That foundation, amen, of working together, amen. Now, every other law, every other thing that is established by God, it goes back to that foundation where God has established his original plan is where he was pointing at. From the beginning. How are things supposed to be from the beginning? Who was supposed to be in charge from the beginning? What did God say from the beginning? And if we can just get back to the origin of what God wanted, how God wanted, everything else has got to line up. It's not what man thinks or our understanding. What did God say in his word, in his law, not man's law? See, you've got to be very careful when you read the scripture to understand the laws and the commandments that God established versus the laws and commandments that man established. Two different things. And understand what is it that God said and getting back to that 
Amen. See, see, we, we got to get to the place, amen, where God intended, when he created Adam and Eve, the second part of this recovery, amen, is, is looking at, you know, how it relates to, to God's purpose. And, and, and God's intention was that man would be the number one entity on this planet, amen, to bring forth his plan. We would be the number one. He, 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 did, he wasn't trusting none of the animals. Amen. But we were supposed to be the, the corporate entity in cooperation with God. Amen. To express him and his image on the earth. No one else. No, no other creature can express God's image. No other one. That's why he created us to do it. But see, what happened is when we get out of out of alignment with God, we express our own image, we express the images of everything else, and not God. But then when we look at Paul, and we look at Jesus, and we look at, you know, the ones who really got in alignment to, to live like God wants us to live, when we look at how Jesus came and represented, he didn't represent nobody but the Father. All right. How often do we hear Jesus say throughout, throughout the New Testament, the words that I speak are not I, but it's my Father. I only do what my Father tells me to do. I mean, in so many ways, he constantly pointed back to the Lord, back to the Lord, back to the Lord. He said, I'm only here to represent him. I'm only here to speak on his behalf. I'm only here, amen, to be his image. I'm only here. See, now, is that how we think? Is that how we speak? I'm my own man. I'm my own woman. I ain't going to put up with that. My mama went through that. I ain't going to go through that. Uh, and, 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 I, I, I could be real. Huh? Rather than say, everybody on the brakes, Jesus, what would you want me to do? How do you want me to represent you right now? Uh, how do you want me to, to, to be a light right now, an image right now? How do you want me to love? How do you want me to forgive? How do you, what, what, Lord, what do you want me to do? I'm here to represent you. It's not about me. Someone, someone needs to say that with me right now. It's not about me. But it's all about him. But see, if we get to that place, and stop, then we'll stop throwing our little hissy fits on our way, amen, and we'll decide that I'm going to do it God's way. Now, God might want me in Timbuktu, okay, God, I'm going to go. God might call me to start a ministry, you know, somewhere that I don't want to go, and I'm like, okay. Well, the usual that's God, unless he said something otherwise. we got to be ready to yield to God. Not our feelings and not our emotions. Amen. But we have to look at and say, Lord, I'm here for your purpose. Yes. Hallelujah. That's the kind of people it's going to take to bring this recovery. Yes. I'm here for your purpose. And I know things are going to come against me just like they came to flip up Adam and Eve in the garden. Yes. Things are going to come against me. Amen. And, and, and I'm going to feel it in my flesh and my emotions and all that in my body and, you know, all that. Yeah, it's going to come up. And, Lord, I need you to help me to sort it all out. Yeah. Uh, I need, because, I, you know, in and of myself, I will lean to my feelings. I will be moved by my emotions. Uh, in and of myself. But then it comes a place where we got, yes, we acknowledge we got feelings. I'm not saying we don't. He gave them to us. He knows. He knows we got emotions. He gave them to us. Amen. He said, will you push past them? Do you not know Jesus in the garden pushed past his feelings and his emotions? You can't tell me he wasn't in no pain. After they beat him bloody, and, and, you know, and on the cross he could still say, Father, forgive me. 
Do you not know that when he went to the garden, amen, before they even captured him, he knew it was coming? And, and, and I'm thoroughly convinced he did not, in his flesh, he did not feel like going through it. That's why he prayed, Father, if it's possible. He didn't say, bring it on. He didn't say, let's go. I'm ready. No, in the flesh, he said, if it's possible, let this come. That was his will, that he didn't have to go through, that he wouldn't go through it. But he said, not my will, but thy will be done. See, that's when he pushed past his feelings. He, he didn't say, I don't have no feelings, it's all good, just what I was born for, he came to do it. So when you're going through your trial and, and, and you, you feel like crying, or maybe you are crying, don't, don't think, well, i got to be strong, this is what I'm made for. No, you got feelings. Think out of your feelings. But don't let them stop you from doing what God has for you to do. That's the key. It's, it's, it's. Help us, Holy Spirit. Almost right now. So we gotta we gotta be more concerned about God's will than our own. Like I said, that's where it gets free. Hmm? It's like, Lord, you know, Lord, you just got to forgive me. He don't have to forgive me. <laughs> we say some crazy stuff. You know, he died to forgive you. Amen. But if you don't repent. I, I, I think I said a couple weeks ago, how many times have we done, maybe with the Bible study, how many times have we done done something, amen, and we forgot to go back and get it right? We forgot to repent. You say, I'm just going to do it. I'll get right later. Then you just go on by doing it. Huh? Help us, Lord. So, amen, we got to get to his image. Amen. And what is his image? His image is holy. It's loving. It's forgiving. You know, it, it, it's all those things and more, amen, and this is where he wants us to get, amen. It's not it's not working against people, but it's reaching out to people. God is going to hate on people. He died for people to, to, to be saved, amen. He was ready to crucify, sacrifice himself, be crucified for people, amen. Oh, my goodness. Go with me to Matthew, the seventh chapter. Now God wants us, amen, as we, as we get in this image, amen, we speak like God, we, we act like God, we live like he wants us to live in the earth, we represent him, amen. He wants us to be saved, he wants us, we want to see people saved, because that's why he came, to get us back in that condition that he wants us to, to function from, amen. And then we, we, once we get there, we can, we, when we really get in order with God, amen, we can speak from a position of power and authority, don't you know that? You can speak to your enemy. You can speak to your circumstances. Amen. You can even speak to your body. Amen. When you, when, you, when you get in that place. Amen. Because you're able to speak. Look at Matthew 7, 28 and 29. Hallelujah. And people will recognize, amen, when you're walking in authority. True authority. Not man's authority. He said, and it came to pass when Jesus had ended these saying, the people were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Huh? So they recognize that he, he's walking in some power. He's walking in some authority. He's just not bringing us, you know, words on paper. He's just not, you know, reading us from the front. He's speaking with authority. Amen. In other words, they, they, they could feel the spirit of his words, the power of his words, 
Amen. As he spoke, it connected beyond the intellectual. And they recognized that. You know, and see, so I, I won't ask you the question, but I said this. When you speak, people should see more than words. Amen. And see, when we, when we get in right standing with God, amen, and, and see, as we do that step by step, amen, people will see the transformation. You know, and, and to the point that where they don't want to hear what you've got to say because what you've got to say carries some weight. It becomes weighty. If, if, if your words become words that matter, words that can bring about change, words that provoke them to think beyond what they would have originally. Amen. Because why? You, now you're walking and you're speaking in the Holy Spirit. You're speaking according to God's purpose and plan. And with you. Now, they, now they're beginning to see, see God come out of you. Because now we're getting back into his image. Amen. And remember... Everything he created, he created how? Oh, and let there be. And it was. And as we line up with God, our words have power. Say, don't you remember how the scripture said, life and death are where? Power of tongue. In the what? Power of tongue. The power. The power. The power of the tongue. Huh? Your words have power to build or to destroy. Right. To lift right. or to kill. Power. So, so we got to understand how to use that power that he's given us in our mouths. Our, our words have the power to condemn us or to free us. And we start declaring the things of God over our lives, amen, and over our children, over our finances and over our bodies, amen. We start declaring those things, amen, in power, and I'm going to talk about it later on this season, but when we what we speak matters. Amen. It makes all the difference what we speak. What's coming out of our heart, it matters. Amen? amen. So we got to get to that place, and now we begin to operate, amen, in the dominion that God wants us to operate because we understand the power, amen. We're speaking with authority. And this is what the church should be all about. We should be, wherever we go, we should be representing God. We should be lifting him up, amen. He should be getting the glory out of our lives, amen, because we're walking in that, in his image, in the full dominion and the power and the authority that he wants us to walk in. Not divided, amen. Not I'm stuck here or I'm, I'm there, but I'm all about God. I'm all about lifting him up, amen. See, it reminds me, you know, the power that's there, the church has become impotent too long. Amen. When the power is right in front of us. It's right available to us. When I was my pastor asked me, she seen a reference I had on the computer when I was studying the other day and she asked me what that you know, Well that's one of the points that I want to touch on, you know, in, in the message. You know, and, and, and it was dealing with the man at the pool. And he said, I have no man. I have no that's a whole message, but turn, turn with me, if you will, to John. I don't want to just tell y'all. Book of John, fifth chapter. Are y'all doing all right? Amen. I'm still high. <laughs> Remember, see, sometimes we, we're living on the edge of the power. We're living on the edge of God's anointing. Amen. For our lives and for the church. Amen. And we're waiting on, we're waiting on, we're waiting on uh, some, some man. We're waiting on a man's sister. Or something to deliver us or to bring us out. In John the fifth chapter. This is what I'm talking about. You know, it says after these, after this, 
there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there was at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, and which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting on the move of the woman. Reminds me of the, all these church denominations. Mind the fool. Waiting on the move of God. Waiting on something. Yeah. When's going to be the next wave? When's going to be the next discovery? When's going to be the next revival? When's going to be the next. Huh? I'm just trying to help somebody. Yeah, come on, man. So, so, so they're waiting for a move of the water. The fourth, fourth verse says. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and bubbled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity thirty and eight years, a long time. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case and said unto him, Will thou be made whole? And I think he's asking the church that. Will you be made whole? Come on. Because he know how long we've been in this condition. Yeah. And I think God's trying to send a message. And man, he said, will you be made whole? And the man answered and said, sir, he didn't say, yes, I will. Come on now. But what did he begin to do? Sir, I have no man. He began to make excuses. He began to say, I'm waiting on them. They say, Come on, Jesus. Uh, no one's trying to help me. No one's helping me, Lord. Huh? I, I need some man. I, yeah. You're talking to the Lord of Lords, King of Kings. You, you're talking to Jesus himself. Come on now. Thank you, sir. I ain't got no man. Pastor David won't help. No. Y'all get fired on me now. Huh? He said, I have no man when the water is troubled, when the Spirit of God, when, the, when things are moving, when the Spirit is in, no man is helping me. To put me into the pool. But while I'm waiting, while, while I'm coming, another step down before me. Trying to get there. I'm trying to get there. I'm trying to get there. But somebody else beat me to it. I mean, they didn't say, come on, let's go together. Let's jump in together and see what happens. Let's join forces and see what happens. Imagine if the church is joining forces and see what happens. And the move of God. Greater together, remember? Yeah. Huh? So he said, he stepped down the moon. But look what Jesus did. Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was set. See, he said, in another passage, he said, Out of my belly shall flow rivers of living water. Yeah. I, I, you know, and, and see, we, we would get in a place. To allow God to be God. Uh-huh. Amen. We would just call upon He said, I am neither even in thy mouth. But we're waiting on somebody. We're waiting on somebody. We're waiting on somebody. And we're waiting on the next wave. We're waiting on the next move. We're waiting on the next revelation. We, and, and God is right here saying, you're right at the edge of the anointing. You're right at the edge of the black. Just step into me. It's, it's, it's right here. If you just step in, I, I think like, just get all in. I'm right here. And I'll take you to the next level. I'll make you whole. You ain't got to wait for 
That's everybody else who don't have understanding. No, Jesus is telling well, let me help you in the water. Get up and walk. I am the resurrection. And I am the life. Any man come unto me, if we would just come unto him, if we would just go to God, you show us how. Help me to get out of me. I'm waiting on him. How many of us are waiting on some, 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 some major miraculous deliverance to take place in our life so we can be all in? Some major thing to break off of us or to change or. or, or message last week. Will you come? Just, just come to me. He said, just come to me. If you just come to me. All the way. I know I got to wrap this up. Lord knows. Lord knows. We, we got we to get there. We can't just keep sitting around waiting for somebody. We can't just keep sitting around waiting for some, 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 some. When Jesus is right there, that all you need to do, if you would just believe, you'll be made whole. And this ain't the only fan, the only person we've seen in Scripture that he went through with that same discourse. If you would just believe, you'll be made whole. And I can't let go of this. I can't let go of that. Thank you, God. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. So what do we do? role of the church and mm. all of this it's not designed for our benefit it's not the church it's not designed for us the church was designed for God he, he, he designed the culture he designed the uh, you know, an environment, uh, a community for him to be glorified. But see, what happens is when we get it wrong, we design it so we can be glorified. We, we, we rearrange it and reorganize it so we get the glory. And we said we're giving it to God, but we're really, you know, enduring it and enjoying it upon ourselves. And don't you know God knows the difference? You know, you know, I know most of us we've dealt with the false humility and all that, kind of, all that, all that stuff. God knows this. We, we can't fool God. Yes, amen. We just get to a place to yield to Him. We realize that our role, Amen, is a specific role, a very specific role, Amen. When we think about Ecclesiastes, I believe it talks about the whole duty of man to love God, to keep His commandments, to do His will in the earth, to worship Him, Amen, in our living and everything else that we do, getting back to His plan. His original plan. His, his design for God. Or for man, excuse me. I'm going to have to wrap this up. Oh, God, I didn't know if I was going to be able to finish today. But help us, Lord, to understand the things that God has in store. Amen. And we come along. And look what he said. It's not our plan. Jeremiah 29, 11. He said, I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for who? For you. Amen. To see. And then blessing you and giving you the ability to gain wealth, all those things, just so I can establish my kingdom, my God, not our own. Amen. So we need to come to that understanding. We need to come to that place. God's ways are not our ways. Mm. 
He says clearly. If his thoughts are not on. It says it lets us know that his ways are, are far above our ways and his thoughts are way, way above our thoughts. Amen. If we would just get that, we would just get that understanding. Amen. Lord, let me operate in your way. Let me operate in your thought. We can't lead to our own understanding. We got to yield ourselves to God. We got to say, Lord, help me to get back in order. Let me help us to get back to your original plan, your original design. Amen. Of, of your way of doing things. And if, any, if there's any question about what's right or wrong, notice I said what's right. Not who's right or wrong. What's right or wrong. We got to go back to God's original plan. Amen. That will make it crystal clear. Amen. And we got to get rid of all the opinions, all the groups, all those things to say this and that, the other thing. What did God say from the beginning? If we get to the beginning and help to allow Him to help us reestablish that now, we'll be all right. We'll be strengthened. Let's stand. But I know God is doing a great thing. Amen. See, we 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 come. Amen. Sometimes we come. We we come, and and, and we're looking for a lot of inspiration. But right now, God got me coming with a lot of information. Amen. Because I believe that the right information will bring the right kind of inspiration. It'll inspire us to do what we need to do, just not to jump the chat. I mean, you'll be inspired to live right. You'll be inspired to get understanding. He said, with all that getting, get understanding. Because understanding is the thing that's going to keep you. That's the thing that's going to help us to break the strongholds of the enemy. Amen. And see the big picture of what it is that God is doing through you and I in the earth. Amen. As his church, as his representatives. And we can step right into everything that God has for us. And see us, Lord, here I so I want to bow our heads, amen. We go before the Lord in prayer. I know I've covered a lot of information. But by His Spirit, He'll help us to sort it out. As we seek Him, as we pray. As we say, Lord, show me, me in the midst of all this. So Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we come before you right now. Lord, I thank you attentive ears. I thank you right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, that your word has gone beyond the flesh, beyond the, the emotion, the spirit. Lord, I pray that it is entered into the heart of men and women. Lord, as we, we hear it, Lord, that by your spirit, Lord, we can process it. And we begin to walk it out in ways, God, that will glorify your name, Lord. We, we, we arrest every, every negative thought, every contrary thought, Lord, against your word and against your will. Lord, the things that the enemy would even try to bring up huh, from henceforth, Lord, that help us to filter it through your original plan, through your purpose, God, understanding the greater reason, the greater focus, Lord, that you desire your, your people to have, Lord, as we walk this thing out in the earth. Hallelujah. You're lifting us up. You're raising us up. You're calling us higher, Lord, to be people of your kingdom your kingdom in the earth, God, as you reestablish, as you bring recovery, God, in the earth, that we may be able to flow and to function like you want us to function. We'll be able to have the manifestation in every area of our lives, so, Lord, that you want us to have, Lord, over sickness and disease, poverty, Lord, you want, you want to have
manifestation, oh God, of all these things in our lives right now. As we call upon your name, Lord, and we, we operate in the, the dominion, God, as we, we learn what it means to truly, Father, and be fruitful and multiply and subdue and have dominion, God, to replenish the things that you want us to replenish, God, that the earth will be full of godly people. Ha <laughs> ha. We need your help, Lord. So I pray over, over the congregation. I pray over every individual right now. Lord, that we would yield ourselves to you. We would say yes, Lord, to your will. This is Jesus did to God. Not my will. Not my will. That's our, 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 our jumping off point. That is our, 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 our struggle right there. Not my will. Uh, but your will be done, Lord. And when we get there, doors will begin to open. So help us, Lord, to, to get to that place. To surrender our will. No, not leading to our own understanding, but acknowledging you, God, allowing you to direct our path. And we can get back to your original plan, God. Not, not bringing the law to you, God, but being moved by your spirit. Father, we thank you right now, Lord. We give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, if you're here and you haven't given your life to Christ, you haven't made that decision, amen. I, I think today is a great day. In fact, I know today is a great day to give your life to the Lord. To make that decision. So you know what? I have a